Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much again for your presence. Thank you so much for your power. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your goodness. Father, we pray again that you will open our hearts and our minds to you, that you will make us sensitive to what you have to say, that you will teach us our hearts and our minds, that you will deepen our love for you and our understanding of how the Christian life works and our ability to walk with you in that life. We pray for these things and we thank you so much for them. In Jesus' name, amen. I once heard a question from the pulpit that intrigued me. And it was a question that when I first heard it, it, um, it seemed like I had an easy answer. But the more I thought about the question, the more I realized that the answer was not as easy as I had originally thought. In fact, the more I realized that I did not actually even have an answer for it. Would you like to see that question? Are you sure? Okay, here it is. If salvation is a free gift of God and does not come by works, then why does God require obedience? Such a simple seeming question. If salvation is a free gift of God, which the Bible clearly teaches, and does not come by works, which the Bible clearly teaches, then why does God require obedience? What's so important about obedience if it's not about saving us? And the common answer, of course, to this question, or ones like it, is, well, we don't obey because we're trying to earn, deserve, or merit salvation. We obey because of love. It's a natural outpouring of our love for God for the salvation we've already received. And that's a good answer, just not to this question. You see, that answers the question, where does our motivation for obedience come from? And love is truly the only motivation for obedience. But this is asking something different. This is asking, what is obedience for? What is its purpose? Why is it so important? Why does God value our obedience? And that's what we want to look at this morning. You know, uh, we as Christians sometimes have a love-hate relationship with obedience, right? On the one hand, we hate legalism. Legalism is trying to earn something that God has already freely given, and in the process of trying to earn it, we miss out on it completely. On the other hand, we recognize that obeying God is important. We realize that keeping all ten of the Ten Commandments is still important. That doing God's will in, in every aspect of that will is important. The problem comes when somebody starts to obey God too carefully. Have you ever noticed that? When somebody will say, oh, wow, that guy's really a legalist. He won't even eat fill in the blank. Or, man, that, that woman needs to get a life. She won't even listen to fill in the blank. When people start obeying God too carefully, we get a little bit nervous. But is it legalism to obey God as carefully as he enables us to obey him? Is it legalism to want to be so thoroughly aligned to Jesus and his will that we walk completely where he wants us to walk? My friends, it can be legalism to obey God too carefully. It absolutely can be, but it doesn't have to be. Both legalists and true lovers of Jesus obey carefully. You know, we don't have to be a theologian to recognize that obedience is important to God. The Bible is a very demanding book. Here are some examples. Love your enemies. Be content with your wages, endure hardship, be patient toward all people, flee hurtful lusts, be glad in persecution, do all to the glory of God, give cheerfully, keep yourself pure, deny yourself. Over and over again, the Bible commands, demands things of us. In fact, we often think of the Old Testament as being the demanding part of Scripture, and yet all of these commands and many more 
come from the New Testament. In fact, I can show you a website that lists 1,050 commands in the New Testament alone. So we come back to our question. If salvation is a free gift of God and does not come by works, then why does God require obedience? Obviously, God does require obedience. Obviously, our obedience is important to him. Otherwise, he wouldn't put all these commands in Scripture. Why? What is the purpose of obedience? It's important for us to understand this so that we can avoid legalism while still wanting to obey and, and uh, God as much as we can by God's grace and power working in us. So, perhaps the best place to go to answer this question, why is obedience so important, is to look at the ancient children of Israel. Here was perhaps the most commanded people in all of history. They had just been freed from slavery. God brings them to the mountain where he gives them the Ten Commandments, but that's not enough. He also gives them the whole sanctuary services with all of its rites and rituals. And then he doesn't even stop there. He lays on them all the Levitical do's and don'ts that fill up the books of Numbers and Leviticus. Why did God do this? Why did he do this to his people? If obedience is not about earning, deserving, or meriting salvation, then what is its purpose? Why is it so important? Does God just enjoy bossing people around? Obviously not. My friends, God did not do it to them. He did it for them. The Bible says all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. God wanted to bless his people, and that's why he gave them all these commandments. I'd like to encourage you sometime to read the book of Deuteronomy 28, the chapter of Deuteronomy 28. It is an incredible chapter. The first half of the chapter is about the blessings that God wanted to bestow upon his people. And the last half of the chapter is about the curses that would come upon them if they didn't do his will, if they didn't go his way, if they didn't enjoy his perfect way. I'd like to give you a quick summary, overview of Deuteronomy 28, the the blessing part at the beginning. It says, you will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he promised you on oath if... If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouses of his bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay, if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or to the left. Isn't that an incredible chapter? Don't you just get the feeling as you read that chapter that God just wants to bless his people? God just wants to bless his people. He is doing anything he can and everything he can to find opportunities to bless his people if we will let him. God cries out, Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always. Why? Why does God want us to have that love, awesome respect for him, that obedience? Why? Because it may be well with them that it may be well with them and with their sons forever. 
God just wants to bless us. Isaiah proclaims, tell the righteous, it will be well with them, for they will enjoy the fruit of their deeds. We read in Proverbs, he who finds me, talking about wisdom, finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me injures who? Himself. If you know these things, Jesus proclaims, you are blessed if what? It's not just about knowing. You are blessed if you do them. God just wants to bless us. God is looking for any excuse to bless us, every opportunity to bless us. Every one of God's commands in Scripture is a gift, an invitation to be blessed. Now we understand why the Bible is so full of these commands, because every one of them is a gift, wrapped in, in a, a love and tied with a bow of, of grace. God just wants to bless us. Every one of these commands in Scripture is an invitation to be blessed. We are told that the human family is suffering because of transgression of the laws of God. The Lord desires that men shall be led to understand the cause of their suffering and the only way to find relief. He desires them to see that their well-being, physical, mental, and moral, depends upon their obedience to His law. Every one of God's commands is a gift, an invitation to be blessed, and the Bible is full of wonderful, God-given gifts, invitations to be blessed. That is why careful obedience is so important to God. That is why every one of God's commands is a gift. And you know, sometimes I think we let the devil give obedience a bad name. On Christmas morning, in North America anyway, <coughs> parents get out of bed really, really early. And they go into their children's bedrooms and they yank their kids out of bed and they tell them, you go down and open your presents right now or else. Right? That's how it works, right? <laughs> no! No, it's the children who get out of bed and redefine the meaning of morning, come jumping on their parents' beds. Can we open our presents yet? Can we open our presents yet? And yet we as Christians, when God gives us all these wonderful gifts, we say, oh Lord, not another one. Don't make me open another gift. Shouldn't we be recognizing the, the beauty and power of the, these wonderful gifts that God is offering to each one of us? Obedience is not why God blesses me. It is how He does it. If you and I would understand this one sentence, it would help us to resolve, I believe, this whole problem between obedience and legalism. Obedience is not why God blesses me, it is how He does it. The legalist will say, oh, if I, if I obey, then God will bless me. It's why He blesses me, but that's not true at all. God blesses us because He wants to bless us. God blesses us because He loves us. He's eagerly looking for any excuse to bless us. No, obedience is not why God blesses me, it's how He does it. Obedience is the blessing. And by His working in us to be able to go His way and, and do His will, He is actually blessing us because His way is always good, exquisitely good, excruciatingly good. God's way is good. Every one of God's commands is a gift, an invitation to be blessed. Both legalists and true followers of God obey carefully. One does it because they're trying to earn God's blessings. Another does it because they realize that this is how they can enjoy God's goodness to the fullest. They want to please God, and they want to enjoy Him to the fullest. God does not bless us because of our obedience, like the legalist thinks. He blesses us through our obedience. 
So, going back to our original question, if salvation is a free gift of God and does not come by works, then why does God require obedience? The answer is easy. Because God just wants to bless us. And God knows that when we go His way, we are blessed. God just wants to bless us. No wonder that our obedience is so important to God. Every one of God's commands is a gift, an invitation to be blessed. So that's one question down. Let's look at one more question this morning. Let's try to put this, this whole uh, concept of God's blessings as, as gifts, uh, God's commands as gifts and blessings. Let's try to put it into more practical terms. Here's another question for you. Can I say thanks, but no thanks to God? In other words, if all of God's commands are gifts, an invitation to be blessed, is it okay for me as a true follower of God to say, okay, Lord, I appreciate that you're giving me this gift, but if you don't mind, I'm just going to not accept it. Is that okay? Can we say thanks, but no thanks to God? If we're willing to suffer the consequences, if we say, Lord, I realize what you're trying to do for me here, um, but you know, it's okay. I, I really don't need that, that blessing. I'm willing to accept the consequences of going my own way on this one. Can we say thanks, but no thanks to God? Can we skip a blessing? <clears throat> Let me give you a practical illustration. Let's say that one day we are at our favorite ice cream restaurant, and it's a hot day, and we're thirsty, and we're looking up at that delectable menu of ice cream options, and we see this chocolate-covered chocolate fudge sundae with extra chocolate. And we say, oh, that would taste so good right now. I'm so thirsty. I'm so hot. I really, really want that. And we say to the Lord, Lord, I know that in, your, in, your, in the Bible you say that whatever we do, we should uh, glorify you. Whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we should glorify you. And I realize that ice cream sundaes are not known for their God-glorifying qualities, but I really want this. And I'm willing to suffer the consequences. Is it okay for me to say, Lord, thanks, but no thanks to, this, to, to God's command in Scripture? It's just an ice cream sundae. It's not murder. We're not committing adultery. We're not robbing banks. Are we making a mountain over a, over a molehill? Is this legalism? My friends, God has given you and I a very important power. It is called the power of choice. He has lovingly given that power, taken that power away from himself, and given you and I the power of choice. But sometimes, do we take that incredible gift, do we take it for granted? I was once leading a uh, group of students to Sierra Leone for an evangelistic series. Wonderful group of students. We had a good time together. Every one of them was giving up their, their vacation time to go and preach an evangelistic series. We did 19 presentations in 17 days. Every one of us did a, a, a series of meetings in different parts of the, of the, of the city there. And... Uh, we had slides that were given to us to present, and one of the slides was about the Sabbath. One of the presentations we were doing was, was talking about the Sabbath. And we were asking the congregation, why do you keep the Sabbath? Is it, uh, why do you keep Sunday, I, I mean? And we asked them, is it because you have studied the Bible and you know what God says about which day to keep? Or is it because you've just always done it that way? Your parents do it that way. Your pastor does it that way. Why do you keep the day that you keep? And we were asking them to consider why were they making the choices they were making? Were they basing their choices on what the Bible says? Or were they basing their choices on their own experience or desires? And it was a good question to ask. But as I was studying that, I was asking myself, I was saying, do I ever do that? Do I ever make choices based on what 
I've always just done. I never really think about it, and I don't take my, my power of choice seriously. And so the next morning for worship for the group, I decided to be a little bit mean, and I said to them, do you guys eat cakes and candy and cookies and all these things? And, and they, said, they laughed and said, of course we do. And I said, why? Why do you eat those things? Is it because you know they're healthy for you? And they said, no. They laughed and said, no. Well, okay, so it's, it's because you must need the nutrients, right? And you must need the calories and the fat, right? And they said, no. And I said, really? If you don't want the calories and the fat, and if you, if you know it's not healthy for you, why would you eat those things? And they all said, because it tastes so good, silly. It tastes so good. And you know, I'm the same way. You make decisions just because it tastes good. You make decisions just because everybody around you is doing the same thing. But God has given us the power of choice, and he asks us to take our, our choices seriously. Are we choosing the things that we are choosing because we believe it's God's will, because the Bible shows us his perfect way? Or are we choosing the things that we are choosing because we've just always done it that way? Our peers do it. Our parents do it. Maybe even our pastors do it. Why are we making the choices that we are making? So, this question is an important one. Can I say thanks, but no thanks to God? The answer is no, as you might have guessed. And, but maybe not for the reason that you think. The reason why it is so important to give God all of our choices in every area of our life, all the time, is because there are overarching blessings that come from going God's way. And I'm going to share a couple of those with you real quick here. Some of the blessings of obeying God. One of the blessings is temporal health, physical, mental, social, and emotional. When we go God's way, when we are aligned with His will, it's good for us. Physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, it's good for us in every way. So that's one of the advantages of obedience. A second one is that obeying God is faith enhancing. The Bible says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, what? Faith was perfected. That's one of the gifts, one of the overarching blessings of obeying God. Besides just the temporal blessings, we also have this faith-enhancing blessing, but it goes on. It's also prayer-enhancing. John tells us, Beloved, if, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. John knew something that's very important. And that is, when we come before the throne of the Almighty God of the universe, we can come to Him with confidence and boldness because of the power, His power working in us to follow His will. But if we come with a guilty conscience... It, it separates us. It hurts our relationship with Him. And so, obeying God is prayer enhancing. But, these are all wonderful things. There is another overarching blessing of obeying God that far outweighs all the other ones. And that is, obeying God is love enhancing. When we continually open God's gifts, His commandments and follow His way, and see His blessings, and experience His goodness to the fullest. Our love for Him deepens, and widens, and heightens, and grows, because we see His love for us. We see all the good things that He's doing for us. Obeying God is love enhancing. And my friends, love is what it's all about. Every one of God's commandments is a gift, an invitation to be blessed, wrapped in love and tied with a bow of grace. Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, 
just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Part of abiding in Christ means to, to be with Him in the center of His will, walking with Him, yoked to Him unchafingly, not running ahead, not lagging behind, enjoying being beside Him in His will, walking together with Him. And my friends, if obedience is love-enhancing, then the opposite is also true. Disobedience is love-inhibiting. We read in Isaiah, Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor is his ear so dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he does not hear you. Sin, disobedience, going our own way, separates us from God. You know, this verse says that our sins hides his face from uh, hides his face from us. How does that happen? When we sin, does God turn his back on us and walk away? No. Actually, it's the other way around. When we sin, we are turning our back on him. And that's how his face gets hidden. When Adam and Eve sinned, who came running? And who went and hid? Right? Sin separates us from God. When we go our own way and do our own will, we are separating ourselves from God, hiding our face from him. To know God is to be one with him in heart and mind, having an experimental knowledge of him, holding reverential communion with him as the Redeemer. Only through sincere obedience can this communion be obtained. No wonder that the Bible is full of all these wonderful commands. Only through the sincere obedience can this communion with God be obtained. Every one of God's commands is a gift, an invitation to be blessed. So can I say thanks, but no thanks to God? God has given us the power of choice. And with that power, we can either walk in the center of His will with Him, or we can turn our backs on Him. That's our choice. When I say, thanks, Lord, but no thanks, what am I essentially saying? I'm saying, I want to do my way. I want to go my will. I'm not interested in what you want, at least not in this particular thing. And is, that, is that really surrender if we do that? Is it surrender to say, Lord, thanks, but no thanks? Or are we walking our own way, choosing our own choices because of our own desires? My friends, I hope that you understand that I'm not talking this morning about ice cream. I do not feel that it's my job to stand up here and tell you what you should eat or shouldn't eat or drink or not drink or listen what you should listen to. All I want you to do is to think about your choices. Why do you make the choices that you make? Take your power of choice seriously. God has given us that power of choice. It is our only power, and throughout eternity it will be our only power. And God is asking us to take that power of choice seriously, to, to learn His will, and to walk with Him in the center of that w will. Because good choices are love-enhancing, and bad choices are love-inhibiting. How many of you like orange juice? Anybody here like orange juice? You like orange juice? Yes? Everybody likes orange juice. A lot of people like orange juice. Orange, I love orange juice. It's a, it's a, it's a heavenly nectar. Um, one time I was... Um, on a business trip when I was an engineer, and I it was in uh, Singapore, and I came down to the breakfast bar in the morning, and there was this big bowl of half-cut oranges, and right beside it was this orange juice press, and I made myself my own glass of fresh-squeezed orange juice, and it was so, so good. But you know, just a couple tables to the right of that orange juice set up there was the pastry table. What do you think would have happened if I had taken a, a drink of that wonderful nectar, put down my glass, walked over to the table with the pastries and ate one bite of a donut, and then come back and drank my juice again, what would have happened? All of a sudden, that delightful 
nectar would have become sour and unpalatable. What happened? Did the juice change? No, it was my taste buds that had changed. It was my ability to enjoy that juice that had changed. Because of my choice to eat that one bite of a donut, I was actually now unable to enjoy my orange juice. And that is how it is in the Christian life. My friends, by our choices, we get to choose how sweet Jesus is to us. By our choices, we get to choose how sweet Jesus is to us. And by our choices, we can sour our relationship with him. Our power of choice is so important. Obedience is not why God blesses me. It is how he blesses me. By my choices, I get to choose how sweet Jesus is to me. That's our key phrase this morning. Let's all read it together. Obedience is not why God blesses me. It is how he blesses me. By my choices, I get to choose how sweet Jesus is to me. Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. These things I have spoken to you. Why? So that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be what? Full. God has given us these commands throughout Scripture, these gifts wrapped in love and tied with a bow of grace, so that we might enjoy Him, and so that His joy may be in us, and that our joy may be made full. Every one of God's commands is a gift. Going God's way is exquisitely good. There's no downside ever to going God's way. If we do it, it's a Spirit-inspired, Spirit-enabled, love-motivated, holy-surrendered way, God's goodness is always good. Are we enjoying God to the fullest? Are we recognizing the, the beauty and the power of all of his commands? Are we desiring with all of our heart and mind and soul to walk with him in the center of his will, to enjoy his goodness to the fullest? Not because we're trying to earn, deserve, or merit anything, but simply because we want to please him and we want to enjoy him. We want to enjoy his way. We want to enjoy the, the good that comes from obeying him and everything. My friends, I'd like to encourage you to, this morning to take your power of choice seriously and to do everything you can in your power of choice to walk with Jesus in the center of his will so that you can enjoy him to the fullest, so that he can bless you to the fullest in every aspect of your life all the time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for the privilege of obedience. This obedience that only you can work in our lives, only you can motivate us to obey, only you can give us the power to obey. But you do, and you're willing to do that if we will let you. Father God, grant that we may be wholly surrendered to you, so that we can walk with you unchafingly in the center of your will, walking beside you, yoked to you, joyfully, enjoying you to the fullest and all your goodness. This is our prayer, this is our praise in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.